Sentire Media Here we go. Podcast from Italy. Today is the 2nd of May. Podcast. This is Podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. We. I am sitting next to... I'm a little shaky this morning. Sitting next to Ashley, my beautiful wife. Together we own, operate, and live at La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo cooking school located in Piovico, Italy. A little slice of heaven, let me tell you. <laughs> Ciao tutti. We have overcast skies. We have maltempo in Arrivo. Uh, bad weather is coming. We've uh, for the last 10 days, we've had sun and spring-like conditions. Uh, I apologize in advance for my sniffles and stuffed up and probably a cough or two or a sucking of snot. It is <laughs> wonderful. Uh, it's high allergy season. Everything Peak. is in bloom. Peak. Oh, man. Um, it doesn't matter. I take antihistamine twice a day, and it just it, it takes the edge off. But uh, Side note, the... Um, pharmacies are running low on Riatine, which is the great, um, the, it's, there's like Zyrtec and Riatine and Riatine seems to work best for the Jason's allergies. And they either have it in packs of six or in packs of 14 or no packs. And it's, it's the month of May and many of the pharmacists out here have no packs. No packs. <laughs> My thing is why you guys, you know, it's allergies, seasonal allergies start in April and May. Just stock up, buy, buy them. I know. You'll sell them. I was, we were at the like Target, the big Oshan, big, huge, super grocery store with the pharmacy. And I thought, oh, good. I'll get the double pack and maybe I should get two packs. And the person in front of me was getting a pack. And I said, oh, I'll take one. But do you have the bigger confezione? And the woman in front of me stopped in her tracks and came back and was like, wait, you have a bigger one? She goes, no, I only have the small ones. And this is the last one that she, then she sold me. And it was like, how is this possible? <laughs> it is the end of April, beginning of May. Everyone's got allergies. No packs. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It is the, uh, my favorite time. The spring and the fall are, are Absolutely. The, the best times of year in Italy, in my opinion. Um, every, we're coming out of the winter. Everything is bloom. The, tr- the cherry tree blooms. From the, the last podcast we did, the beginning of April exactly for um, Easter till now, it has sprung spring. And it's that bright, vibrant green and the yellows. And the trees were still bare at Easter. And now it's just all fully on. And it's just beautiful beautiful funny enough after this beautiful for three four weeks of t- typically good weather oh it's been gorgeous um we have a uh, wood oven workshop tomorrow on the third happening which is um we do everything in the wood oven at all five different temperature zones that the wood oven can get to and it is going to thunderstorm with high winds and just be horrible yeah it's a two-day workshop well actually why don't you just tell them a little bit about what you do in it oh uh, it's pretty cool tell them what you do jay thank you ashley i love the wood (laughs) oven workshop because it's more than just pizza a lot of people get the pizza uh, you might know it as a pizza oven but it's really a forno alenia a wood oven and you can do anything in this oven that you can do in your regular oven at home and it's all just about controlling the temperature in the oven and it's a little tricky so we do uh, a dish at or a couple of things at each temperature level so like uh, the high high level uh, temperature level we do pizza and we grill uh, vegetables and do these little lemons in the oven and then as the oven starts cooling down in the roasting temperature zone we do roasted potatoes and a roast beef as it cools down even further in the baking zone we do we bake a cake in the wood oven um, and then as it continues to cool down um, we do it overnight, so slow cooking. Um, 
and we do a sometimes we do a leg of lamb in um, red wine overnight. Sometimes we do confit of rabbit or duck. You've done spezzatino. I've done uh, stewed meat or just spezzatino uh, beet stews of beet uh, of different meats. Um, really anything you can do, but it's really uh, interesting to show people who are thinking about getting this oven or have one at home that it's not just pizza. It's not just one aspect of it. Since we're talking about it, um, can you explain to the listeners at home, uh, why did you start at the highest temperature? Oh, that's great. Because unlike your oven at home where you have a thermostat and you set it to 350, 185, whatever it is, um, and the oven shuts itself off when it arrives at that temperature. The wood oven's different. The wood oven you have to bring up to a very high temperature because you're storing the, the, the energy, the heat in the stone and then let it come down. So Interesting. So it's really um, what it was utilized as is back in the day when this is your only source of, of, of an oven, you would use each stage. You wouldn't just fire up the oven and just roast meat. No, you would do the all five all five uh different yeah think stages. about how much energy it is to fire up a wood oven the wood the whole thing just to make pizza or just to make bread back then you know it wouldn't have made sense it don't make no sense so it, it's it's fun it's a, it it's really a lot fun. of um it's it's not uh, as action-packed as other ones because there's a lot of waiting involved because it's the you have to just wait for the oven to cool down and each oven is different so you can get the gist of it of uh but my oven's going just like just like any um, two boats or something, mm-hmm. or, or you know, they'll just it, it just they it's different have hot different hot spots. They 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 hold the heat differently. They let it go differently. Some have bigger doors and smaller doors, and or thicker thicker walls of stone. So it's it's getting to know your oven. But and Jay, what's your um, favorite way to tell the temperature? Oh, sticking my hand in. <laughs> Of course. If you can hold your hand it's in. High, this is a highly scientific no, method. No, I got an infrared thermometer <laughs> no, but, now. But really, you use your hand. Well, that's how I learned. That's how <laughs> I was taught. I was taught that if you stick your hand in and you can hold it for one count, a one count, then that's the pizza temperature. If you can't hold it for one count, that's too hot. And if you can hold it longer than one count, it's too cold. And it's worked for... 10 years. <laughs> so, hand camp, folks. Um, but that's not a good way to teach students. <laughs> stick, stick your head on in there. Um, the amount of times you've singed off your hair, too. Uh, so, I've gotten the pistol thermometer. But, see, I don't like the pistol thermometer. Let me tell you why. The the infrared or the little trigger thermometer or digital thermometer um, is going to measure the, the temperature of the floor of the, the oven or the sides of the oven or the roof of the oven. It's not going to measure the ambient temperature of the oven. So the inside temperature, because when you roast, for instance, you want to get the, you want to get the roasting tray off, off the floor of the oven. Otherwise it's going to be too hot on the bottom. So I don't care if the, the sides of the oven, what temperature they are. I want to know what the air inside that the meat's going to be sitting in. So I got some tricks for that. Mm-hmm. Take a, the wood oven workshop, folks. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. But well, it's interesting. It's, it's just gonna, something different. It's going to be interesting how we're going. Oh my I'm looking God. at the weather right now, and for tomorrow, it is... It's only... Okay, so the wood oven workshop's over two days. This is the only two days in the last two weeks we've had, and in the two weeks to come, the wood oven workshop days are the only ones where it is supposed to pour. 
pour. It's going to pour tomorrow and high winds. <laughs> outside. Real high winds. Out, and we have to do this whole thing outside. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, hope, these are, hope these guys are tough stock sh- who are showing up. <laughs> uh, Ashley mentioned a lot has happened since the 2nd of April, our last podcast. So let's go. Let's run it down. All right. What's roll going back. On? Um, we have gotten our chickens. The chickens are in. The coop never got redone how we wanted it to. Gaji just kind of slapped stuff up. Over the old rotting wood. I don't know if we talked about that. Just to be funny, I'll call it garbage. Um, But it was like random shit he found in his garage and stuff. Random stuff he's been saving and decided just to add to the coop. Uh, It does look better, but it's also Gaji style. So it's a bit of a mess. But there are now 16 hens, a little turkey, and a a brand new roostino, a little mini rooster. So the coop is full. Everyone's getting along. We were really nervous about the turkey because we got one a few years ago and we introduced it to a group of hens who were already territorial. (laughs) They were established. They had been here for a year before and they were bitches. They were so mean to this little turkey that he escaped the coop and the fence and just took his life into his own hands in the woods never to be seen again. So we were nervous that they would try to peck at him or be mean and it's been fine. And the new rooster. Um, Yeah, um, we went to the woodworker, our friend Maurizio. Uh, He gave us the little roostino last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And we went back because they had Two more little roosters, and um, he he's beautiful. Oh, very handsome. I can't tell if his name should be Fabio or something like um, Hasselhoff. He's got he's got gorgeous coloring, but then he's got this crazy golden blonde like mane, and the ladies are very attracted to him. I guess the little grandma who lives at the house we were, um, got him from said that he had a girlfriend, a fidanzata, and that she wanted to give us the the hen too <laughs> because they were in love and i thought it was so funny but um he's out there he started crowing bright and early this morning and the turkey we put it out there on facebook asking for recommendations for the name and uh, we don't name the hens but the masculine ones for I, we don't even know if the turkey's male or female by the way no <laughs> i asked the grandma and she said how do you know <laughs> uh, who knows you know when they if they if you find eggs uh, turkey eggs but we would like to announce the winner of the turkey naming contest mm-hmm. jason sophie Yes, from Blomendale, Holland. Blomendale. The, Blom- and the name is? Pablo. <laughs> See, it gets me. I like it. It's so random. A little Dutch girl picking a Spanish name for an Italian turkey. Um, he's definitely Pablo. He's I like Pablo. That I love it. Pablo. So everyone meet Pablo the turkey. We're excited. Hopefully he'll survive. Hopefully he will survive and become. Well, we're going to let the door open shortly. You, we kind of keep them closed in for a week or two so they know where they live, their home. And I want to wait until they start laying. Oh, you said you wanted to do it this weekend. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm, I, I'm very contradictory. You are. That is true. So we'll wait till they get a little more. Uh, they know that this is home because both the turkey and the uh, Rustino can fly. So we want to make sure they fly back if they do take off. Um, we have continued the improvements to Kakamone for uh, 2018. We did. We of course we started with the kitchen. We did. We improved that, and now we painted all the rooms. We painted the whole interior of the house, and now we're moving on uh, to doing the shutters. Fushiani came by with. Uh, 
a guy who walked around in um, the shutters after, I think it's probably been 20 years. Um, a word worker is called a falanyame. Falanyame. And um, he walked around and checked out the shutters, and they're going to take a month to make and two days to put in. Uh, we've also made plans to pull up the stone all around the house and um, re-level it and redo the kind of the joints in it because um, just it's just time it's time from the water and and everything the joints kind of start coming up and then cracks come and then uh, weeds grow in it and it just kind of at this point there's a lot of loose stones it's rustica so that'll be good to do um, the garden the garden oh the garden this year is going to get a drip system I am done standing there like an idiot with a hose in my hand for three hours a day uh, once fat Zach made fun of him and said Jason was making fun of his brother for some reason and old fat Zach replied something like yeah well at least I don't spend two hours a day with a ho- two or three hours a day with a hose in my hand like an idiot and, it was and it's that true struck <laughs> it's true well the problem is my my partner in the garden is not, not- me is yeah it's not you uh my partner in the gar- garden dr gaji is not a fan of technology or deviation <laughs> from the norm um so he is not um helping or participating or he's actually kind of uh, making it harder because in fact when you brought it up yesterday and really we we're trying to talk serious about it he said vafakula <laughs> <laughs> All I asked him to do is if he goes down to plant something in the garden to keep things together because Gaji <laughs> loves to uh, – my garden's big. So he loves to take, let's say, um, the celery and put the celery over here. And then, oh, we have well, – The rototiller's way down at the bottom of the garden. So I might as well go down there and just put the squash there. 50 meters away, like literally way over there on the uh, on the bottom of the garden. So my only request was, doctor, this year let's keep stuff – not, not you know, just in the general area of each other. We don't need large swaths of nothing in between because I have to run the whole. I have to run tubing all the way down there, and it's just harder to keep it. Like, I, did you remember? Do you remember what his reaction was? He was like, "Yeah, yeah, the things that go together will stick together, and then the rest could go wherever." And it was like, no. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But and um, why he's anti-garden? I don't know why he's anti-drip system. I don't know. I've got to get a drip system, and we waste a ton of water. It doesn't. And I've realized through researching drip systems that part of my problems with some of the diseases and and um, problems with the plants is. Um, the way I water. So when I when you water with the hose, it's splashy. It splashes up on the leaves. And secondly, it doesn't. I have very uh, um, dense. Is dense isn't the right word. It's clay soil. It's compacted clay. Um, when you water with a hose, it doesn't soak in. It's too much water. It just runs off. And I've noticed that too. Um, I get this crust on the top of my garden. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully the drip system will alleviate that, giving water much slowly in a drip fashion, so it ha- the the dense clay soil can absorb it mm-hmm. better. Well, Gaji wants none of that. No. <laughs> and the neighbors all came over with the tractors, and um, uh, Enzo's, Enzo's son, son came over and and uh, and did our did the garden, turn the garden, and um, put in the rows and everything, so it's it's ready to go. And we got some rain here, so now. We'll have to wait for the garden to... But it's never ending because this has been a rough month with all this work at the same time. There's been a lot of fixes and... It's been a rough month for anything with a motor, with a small small motor in our Kakamone. Let's see. This month we've had the um, lawnmower. 
Um, I I got a new blade and I got a new blade holder. It's called a Motsorama. It's just the thing that that holds the blade onto the shaft. That thing just exploded 15 minutes into my first pass with the with the uh, with the lawnmower. So I had to wait and cut the lawn when it was really high. Um, the pump blew up. I tried to fix it, made it worse, and had to buy a new pump. And now my um, rototiller that I did all this maintenance to because she was. She's old. All these, all these things were hand-me-downs from Fushiani that, that were here when we got here, except the lawnmower. Meaning they are they more are, than 10, I've got to say 15 years old. Oh, those things are 25 years old. Because when you look at the serial numbers of the mm. models, it's like, oh, shit, this was from like the early 90s. <laughs> um, so they've gotten their use, but I'm trying to keep them together. So I did all this maintenance. I looked up how to take apart a... A uh, small Honda GC160, and re- basically rebuilt it and, and got it running again, so it didn't squirt gas, and and, and you didn't have to have the uh, everything held together with like bailing wire and stuff. And Gaji's and I ran it the other day, and it ran fine. It was, he needed a little tweaking, but yesterday Gaji's doing running the rototiller to do up the uh, beds for the onions and he's running it way too fast, too hard. So we don't have, he likes to ride it. Like he rides it. Like Like he he turns it up and I can hear that it's just going too fast. So I come over and adjust it again because it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of works, but (laughs) I know how to make it work, but it's not the normal controls on the levers, like whatever. So again, he's riding it too hard. And then I hear boom, (laughs) like uh, someone took, um, nuts and bolts and threw them into a jar and just start shaking them. And I go, <laughs> or oh. garbage disposal. Oh, or garbage. Yeah, throw two spoons down a garbage disposal and turn it on. Go, oh, shit. So we go, we shut it down, and then I go to try to pull start it again, and it just locks up. Like, you can feel how all the internal <laughs> organs of this thing have just exploded and just mangled into God knows what. And God, she goes, oh, well, you can open it up and give it a look. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not cracking this thing open again. If you open it up, that means we need all new um, um, gaskets for it again. And it's like, this thing is shot. I've already spent so much time. So now I'm out a rototiller. It's the only thing you guys agreed on the other day was both of you coming up were like, yeah, it's dead. And I thought, whoa, you guys normally one of you's like, you can fix it, this and that. And it was like, no. But he it's argues done. with me constantly that we don't need a tractor. Meanwhile, we have to beg and plead someone to come and turn the soil with a tractor, and it's really hard to do. And now our rototiller's broken. So I, I think we need a freaking tractor. I got a right to Kubota. Oh, my goodness. When it so, rains, it pours. And I know it's not really his fault. It's not like. Uh, oh, that he he put the ten thousand hours on it and put it together and then put it back together in a fashion that wasn't really done <laughs> exactly correctly, but he was still the one using it. So he gets a little blame. You smelt it, you dealt it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Gaji. And rototillers here are freaking expensive, man. You, I, I looked online yesterday and it's like. Oh, I don't want to spend six, seven, eight hundred bucks on a rototiller. No. No. Well, maybe we'll borrow our neighbors for this year. Yeah, that's never a good. That's just. You, I know. You need to have your own. Get your own rototiller, man. Um, other things going on with local gossip. Um, speaking of country living out here, we saw Pierangelo 
our neighbor um, who has a farm down the road continuing past our place by where the past where the road has fallen away. If you've been listening to the previous podcasts, he passed our house the other day with a tractor trailer with a giant, giant tractor trailing on a trailer, another giant tractor. And we were like, what? And he, the only way from <laughs> his... stopped Jason and I in our tracks. Like, how'd you get here? The only way from his farm to past our house is the road that fell out. So how'd he get past? Well, we go down <laughs> there. And what did Pierangelo do? He got his um, digger, his backhoe, and he scooped out the inner part of the turn. <laughs> so he basically scooped away a, f- a meter or so of mountain so that you can get further into the turn and further away from the outside where it fell away. And he put thousands of kilos on oh this Oh, my run. God. We took... I took the little red car, and I still walked at first because I was like, I got to see this to believe it. And sure enough, it was passable, but I thought... We did it in the caddy the other day, which is just a little delivery van style car, van-esque thing, nothing big. And it was still a little like, yeah, well, hold you, your breath, go quick. I was like, don't, why are you slowing down here? Go, go, go. <laughs> you look to your left and it's straight down. <laughs> it's straight down. And I can't imagine doing it with the huge tractor trailer with those huge wheels and all that weight. And it's on a turn. Oh, my God. So, road's back open. I uh, wouldn't suggest uh, it. So, it's really funny. <laughs> Ashley's been sending once a month uh, emails to the next month's guest telling them about the deviation. So, most people who have been listening to the podcast are aware of it. But just please take my email my email's advice. It's very curious how most people <laughs> do not read. They will do not read anything. And they then, get to the part where the road's closed and then they look it up and they're like, oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. She said to not do this part. Or they do get, or they don't read at all. They get here and go, you know, you really should tell us that the road's out right there. It's like, right. Yes. Right. About that. Check your emails. <laughs> but, pardon me? No, nothing. It's, um, of course. But, so I guess it's back open. It's just kind of crazy. This is country living out here. That's for sure. Um, yesterday was Primo Maggio, uh, the. Um, Labor Day here in Italy, and every year there's concerts all over Italy. Piobico throws their in, in rock, in rock <laughs> Piobico, and uh, where a uh, they throw concert outside, and it's their big festival of the spring. However, in the last couple of years, they get rain. Piobico has not had much. It's luck become a for tradition them. for in rock to be rained out. Their festivals get rain. They have two big festivals in Piobico a year, major ones. Though the uh, Polenta Festival in, in in September and in rock in in Primo Maggio, and they get rain a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I know they shouldn't do these shoulder season festivals. No, so uh, I don't know if it went off, but if. Uh, they've been talking about rain yesterday, today, and tomorrow forever. And, and it did pour last night. Last night it rained hard, but it just kind of sprinkled during throughout the day. No, if no, Nothing to wear. You even needed a raincoat or an umbrella or anything. It was No, just, but that can cripple an Italian festival. Oh, my God. Wa- humidity <laughs> in the air. It was over. I don't even know. We didn't it's even tropo rischio, you guys. We didn't go down there to check it out because I figured that it's totally off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way. There, there, there's overcast skies, and it, it could rain at any moment. So... Um, Gaggi and Fushiani do not like Primo Maggio. They don't support it. The Festo um, holiday of the worker because they say it's communist holiday. <laughs> and uh, get your ass to work. Exactly. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. So for all of you out there, I hope you enjoyed your commie holiday. And um, we sure took it off. 
Um, should we jump into some of the immigration stuff, our road to citizenship? Oh, yes. Yeah. So last week we were very excited, or two weeks ago, we were very excited. We had our immigration meeting for our citizen Italian citizenship. So this was the first official meeting. Jason submitted all of the paperwork in November. Uh, no, August. August. Okay. It went through in November. Oh, okay. He submitted it in August, went through in November. Um, over the winter, we had a meeting with the uh, local police, which we told you guys about. And now was our first official meeting in person. So, what, now, Jason... I did, not, I did not do any research into this. I thought this was the meeting where they tell us, okay, everything looks good. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we're going to meet back. You, here's, now, I knew that you have to learn the... Um, 10 articles of the Italian constitution, which he only just told me that yesterday. Well, because we haven't gotten that far. That's what I <laughs> thought this lady was going to tell us that we're going to have a, the, we're going to have a, a ceremony or the official, whatever in X months, you have to learn this, this, and this and recite it during the ceremony. So Jason got dressed up. I got dressed up. I got, <laughs> I put on nice clothes to go to this meeting. Um, it was, it was a, supposed to start at 11, 11 in Pesaro. And now we've noticed we got to cross the piazza. So Whenever we'd have to go to the main um, big immigration things, we would always have to go to the police station, to this back room around the back of the police station, to where immigration It was like happened. the shady alley. And it like was a shady The line alley. out the door and all the steely eyes, and it was like, oh my god. Now we notice this one was across the street in the other, in the... P- in Palazzo. The Palazzo, in the nice building where no steely eyes and it's all Italian flags and big open courtyards and everything. So I started walking towards the, the crappy way, the crappy police station, the back of it, where we always, and I actually goes, where, look at your, look at the address. And no, it was four, number four, Piazza mm-hmm. del Popolo across the street. Ooh, we're, we're moving, moving on, on up. up. Moving on up. Okay, that's the that's where it ended. That's that was where the, all good the good news. Where the good news we ended. We go to the ladies, sh- the lady guard. We're shop. very excited. We show up at ten thirty just to be safe. We know Italian. We, you know, you might have to wait or, or something. First come, first serve. Yeah, these kind of things. So we show up at ten thirty. The lady goes, "Oh no, your your things at eleven. No, noon. Noon. Sorry, we show. Uh, and I go, no, no. Ashley tells her, no, no, it's not. It's at eleven. <laughs> she holds up the clipboard where it says our names twelve o'clock. I go, shit. All right. Well, there we go. So we walk around and kill an hour. Not a big deal. The big deal comes when we get to noon to the place. There's We're there early again, and she goes, no, noon. noon. <laughs> we have to wait till exactly noon, and then the gates swing open. There's maybe ten, eight other couples that are there with us. Again, we go into a, a undescript door down a white she corridor just, office. She just says go, and we don't know where to go. Thankfully, someone in front of us knew where to head. And then we just all this group of us just wait in front of this closed door. Yeah, that doesn't really say anything. No one's there. Doesn't say anything. And it's just like we're. I'm like, what the hell? Jason keeps looking around, like, is this right? And where's the pump? Where's the circumstance? Then finally, the door just opens, swings open, and everyone floods in. And of course, I elbow my way to the front, and um, so we get called into the office. It's just a, a white door, uh, you know, uh, hallway with no just, just nothing nondescript. On it. There's two, two women. women sitting there. Um, there's two chair, one a chair in front of each woman. She ha- uh, she calls us in. She opens our file, takes the documents, argues with us about. Um, oh, that my Washington State 
birth um, certificate didn't have a signature. Now, it's not only definitely a certificate from Washington State, a birth certificate with all of these seals and stamps on it, and it's on special paper, but it's been apostilled, internationally recognized. Not only that, it's been used for the last 12 years in every immigration meeting we've had from the first visa we got until the last permission to stay or... uh, uh, you know, the last thing we've done. It's well, been- this sleuth realized it, there was no signature. So how very- could it be without a signature? So she had to go ask three different people. And finally it came back. Yeah, it's fine. I was like, they just don't do signatures. Just It's a stamp with a raised seal. That's oh my it. God. I mean, it- okay. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> then the whole thing came up about how Ashley changed her name when we got married. Um, and took my name, which she understood because there's she's had experience with that before. But, but there was a little, hmm. We'll see. That'll be a problem later. <laughs> that was definitely what I read into. That will definitely be a problem later. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so then I ask her, what's the, what's the next step? She doesn't say she anything. She doesn't say anything. She just has a sign the same thing we already signed and, and submitted online. And fill out our, our form with our address, telephone number, and names. With and then, the same oh. everything one more time. And then just puts it in our file and it's like, okay, great, thanks. And we're like, wait, well, what, what happens now? What's next? And Jason's all getting excited. And what did she say? She said, well, we'll contact you in 730 days. And I said, I'm sorry, excuse me? She goes, and then she thinks I don't understand what she's saying. She goes, wait. <laughs> and I go, okay. And then I answer her Italian. I go, okay, I understand it, it, wait, but did you say 730 no, days? No, you said, you said, did you say 700 days? And she said, and oh, 30. That the 30 is the most important. <laughs> so now this is two years. So I go, I thought that this is the meeting to discuss our, our citizenship for the next phase. She goes, no, no, no. This is the meeting for your official request. You have now completed the request. This now gets <laughs> sent to Rome and they can now proceed with, you know, action. Oh, so I go, God. do you mean in the last year <laughs> with all this stuff, this is, this is just preparing the domanda, just preparing the request for citizenship. We have not requested citizenship yet. She goes, no. No. And she said, and you need to keep filling out your uh, permission to stay. So our visa, our long-term visa expires in June, June. June. and I thought, oh, well, I'm not doing that. We're going to be citizens here before then, hopefully, or it'll be right around there. Oh, no. Two more years to our next meeting. So that means we have to fill this. I'm working on it now. Another 225 euro a person. Plus all the pictures Uh and all that. And this will last another two years, and most likely um, that'll be then two years from June ish and maybe Maybe. our citizenship thing will come in in october so we'll have to renew it one more time no i just said that the next meeting was 730 days oh my god she never said anything about citizenship and we'll hear back from them in 730 they will contact us in 730 days so we have got that looking to look forward to (laughs) mark your calendar folks It's now I just I can only laugh because I never assume that this <laughs> no but you were really disappointed when we walked out. I was so <laughs> deflated walking out of that office. First of all, why did I get dressed up? Okay. That was all you kept thinking. Why did I get dressed up? This is ridiculous. <laughs> we have people here in like rags and and this was just some lady who didn't care. Mm. I I don't know. I just felt like I, I was really ready for. 
They crowned me. I don't know. Uh, I walked out of there deflated. It ruined my whole day, and I'm over it now. But it's just like, why don't you just tell us it's going to be like 13 years instead of 10? Yeah, seriously. That's my point. They just want to <laughs> wring a little more money out of us before. Oh, it's so frustrating. So that's our uh, continuation of the road to citizenship. Easy. No problem. No, it's flying by. Um, other things we did last month, uh, we went and picked up our olive oil from Marco. Oh, yeah. Um, Marco, who does uh, Marco's Wine Tours out of Ostra. Um, we've talked about him. We've interviewed him. Yeah, super nice guy. Good friend of ours. He invited us over for um, just a little lunch with him and his girlfriend at their house. Or uh, fiance, sorry. And uh, engaged? Yeah. Okay. Um, and... He then took us back to his place, his parents' place, to get some olive oil because we needed to re-up our stock. And it was really good that we did because he had an excellent olive oil year last year. And um, in mid-March this year, we had some snow and then freezing, freezing air and wind and everything. And a lot of olive trees were burned. Uh, we noticed that around our house, too. The north side of the house, all the trees on the north side were burned. Or bushes. Bushes. Just It literally looked like they got burned. And it was so we had this really cold Arctic air come through one morning. And just it happened to olive trees. It happened to um, bushes. Anything kind of dealt. It killed a lot of our, like, uh, jasmine. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, too. Uh, and I was recently with some guests, um, some consulting guests who were looking at a property in Orvieto, and it happened there as well. And the same thing with the olives and um, just even old established trees got burned and either they have to get cut way back or it killed them. So watch your olive oil prices this year. We got really lucky for the guests staying at La Tavola Marque this year. You will be getting the wonderful, beautiful olive oil from Marco. That, it, it was excellent. It is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, we re-upped for, oh, we got to do oh. my favorite re-up of the year, which is we uh, nuts and chocolate. Uh, springtime, we know a guy. We, we know, know a guy. guy. Springtime is always the um, uh, re-fornamento, re- the, um, prov- uh, what's it called? Re-upping of provisions. So the boring stocking stuff. Stocking up. Stocking up the boring stuff, you know, soap and toilet paper and that kind of stuff to the fun stuff, which is the olive oil, the wine, and the, um, I love getting the chocolate and the nuts. We go to Maki because they got a, they got a good, they got a guy. Maki's uh, our friends with the gelateria in Fano. Um, and he goes through, you know, kilos and kilos a day of chocolate and nuts. And they get the good shit. They get the good, good stuff. It's really hard to find, um, uh, we can do it at one place, nuts, high quality nuts in bulk. If you go to just the regular grocery stores, they're all just little packages, really expensive. Um, he gets the like Sicilian, uh, almonds and the really good pistachios. Um, so we re-upped with... Uh, my favorite seventy-two percent Valrona chocolate from Venezuela. It's so good, freaking delicious. Um, we got uh, macadamia nuts. We got five, ki- ten kilo, five kilo, five. five kilo of macadamia nuts. That's just for us. Huge, no beautiful, beautiful. Cannot find macadamia nuts in Italy. Very hard. Um, we got ten kilos of beautiful pistachios from Sicily. No almonds. Oh, I'm sorry, almonds from Sicily. Um, and what else? I feel like there was one more thing. I can't remember, but we had all of this out on the kitchen ta- counter uh, when we got home, unloaded the car and stuff. But Jason wanted to zip everything up into kind of um, – Half kilo bags. It comes in bulk. So 
you know, I don't want 10 kilos of almonds just open. open. So I uh, vacuum seal them into half kilo bags. So it's all laid out on the kitchen counter. It is just nuts and chocolate, just just covering three meters of table. So Gachi comes in and is immediately disgusted. <laughs> what the hell is this? Is this your diet? It's like, relax, old man. It's for the season. How much did you spend on all this? <laughs> Actually, a lot. <laughs> like nuts and good, good nuts and good chocolate are not cheap. But he thinks we're like in some sort of like rap video, like rolling around in it. You know, I don't know what he thinks is going on, but he's like, we need to have a professional discussion. And <laughs> he gets all serious. We had, we had lunch that day. We did work in the garden. Then we have lunch, and of course, after lunch, it's like I want to try some of these nuts and some of this chocolate. So we bust out. The chocolate and the macadamia nuts and uh, the, almonds. the almonds. And he's sitting there. He, and during lunch, he got really upset that because um, we were having um, artichokes and artichokes in the pan that his wife cleaned and grilled sausages that we made. And uh, he got really upset that I didn't want any bread. This is a constant battle with Gaji. He really gets personally offended that. I don't eat the bread. And we've said it before, but it ain't good. It's not like this is some incredible bread. We are not in the middle of France where no. the baguettes and the boulets. No, it's easy to pass loves. up. It's not a big deal to cut the bread. It's no. not worth it. If we go somewhere where they have homemade bread, I'm eating the bread. Or if we go to the coast and uh, we have fish lunch, I'm eating pasta. But at home, it's not – I don't know. I don't know. So he sit, so after lunch, he sit, uh, we're, we're having coffee, and he's drinking freaking single malt scotch at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So I love how he gives us this speech. But uh, he sits us down and goes, okay, ragazzi, I need to give you a talk. This is a professional talk. I'm not joking. Your diet is very unhealthy. You eat no vegetables. Meanwhile, we plant a whole garden of vegetables. That's all we eat is vegetables. All we eat is what we call 50s guy lunches, which is grilled meat and a ton of veggies, salads, whatever. It's meat and vegetables. I've lost 25 kilos in the last, <laughs> in the last 12 months. So he's come, when he comes and sees us, when he comes in the morning, he sees our snack. At 10 o'clock. So I get, after we come up, I have to eat something. I start getting shaky now because I'm not eating a lot of crap. So when we come up from the, from the garden, I will have uh, some fruit and nuts or a, two scoops of, two spoonfuls of yogurt and fruit or a handful piece of, of chocolate or a piece of cheese, some kind of fat and something so, so I don't eat, my stomach doesn't eat itself. So that's how he thinks we eat. He was like, I, we said, Gaji, we eat salad all the time. He goes, it's only today because I'm here. And we were like, oh, What are you my talking God. about? He's like, you need a balanced diet. Some bread, some pasta, some meat, and lots of vegetables. It's like, you eat nothing but nuts and cheese. Nuts, cheese, and meat. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't. <laughs> Not at all. It was so fabricated, and he gets so serious. Gets so serious. And he was like, like, this is just a professional. This is oh, just... Oh, you don't have to listen to you this. You don't have to listen want. to me. I'm a professional, but what would I know? This is... I've just noticed things. Pass the scotch. Yeah. Pass, <laughs> pass my scotch. It's like, what are you talking about, old man? There's nothing... You need to eat the bread because that's what fills you up. That's what fills you up, and it's good for you. He was so it's, upset. So it was just really funny uh, just sitting there trying to argue with this guy. It's like, I don't know. I don't think I need to eat the bread at all. And I, I know we eat tons of vegetables, especially now when the vegetables are getting good. The peas, the asparagus. Asparagus was so cheap two weeks ago that I did – 
like we I, ate, we, we ate sick so of it. much, we <laughs> ate so much asparagus. My pee was literally always pungent, pungent color and smell. Um, so I don't know what old man Gaji's talking about. But no, he goes off on tangents. So we had our professional conversation. We did have our <laughs> and then that's what he told you later, or th- or that same morning to go screw yourself uh, f- uh, for the drip system. Yeah. So he was on a roll, he and was. then broke the rototiller, and then broke the rototiller, <laughs> um, and then went home. Yep. He'll be back today. Oh God, I'm sure. Well, we've got a lot. We should wrap. That's what this, I was going to say. We should wrap this one up. Um, we got to go go to town and get the uh, winter tires taken off and the summer tires put on and pick yep. up the uh, Ashley. My wife is not a um, fan of the iron. Iron? No, but these aren't to iron. This is to hem, and I don't know how to sew. Yeah, but you wouldn't have ironed them anyway. No. So we have to go to the seamstress and pick up her hemmed and ironed um, drapes. We got a lot of we got a lot of little piddly things to do today. Yep, let's hit it. All right, um, upcoming workshops, Ashley. We've got Jason was mentioning the wood oven workshop. Shoot us an email. There's a handful of them coming up throughout the year, as well as our sausages from scratch, which is a blast. This June 20th to 24th, we have our next move to Italy and start a business workshop. So if you want to take the advice from us as well as some friends and um, uh, other kind of expats and experts, our commercialista, lawyer, all of that, come on out and get a dose of reality and get all your questions answered. Also, take a look at the local um, .it, the Italian um, it's kind of a cheesy site, but it's got some good stuff. One of the good stuffs on there right now is a article, an interview that they did on us about living and working here for 10 years. And you never explain what the local was. Oh, it's like an online magazine. Sorry. English. In English an about Italian Italy. online magazine. Sorry, I didn't explain English. that at all. <laughs> but check it out, the local.it, um, and you can read a little bit about our story as well. Uh, you know where to find us at La Tavola Marche, L A T A V O L A M A R C H E dot com for all of our cooking classes, workshops, move to Italy, consulting, all of that jazz. You can shoot us an email at info at latavlamarque.com. Let us know your questions, comments, podcast requests. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're always posting little live videos, updates, recipes. We've had a lot of bunch of um, a lot of recipes come out on the blog lately, like the risotto, the beet risotto with burrata. Check that one out. Delicious. And thanks so much for listening. Anything else? That's going to do it. Um, thank you so much. We, I, 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 sorry, I was totally zoning out. Yep. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have a great day. We will talk to you guys later. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. 
With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.